So this morning we're, are we starting or, I don't know, we're starting, I think, I don't even know what's happening, but I think I'm starting a series on foundations that Paul and I are doing this month and we just feel it's really important. You know, this year we said we want to stand and stand in many different areas, but you know, sometimes it's hard to stand when your foundations are a bit rocky. Um, And I want to ask you a question first off, and the question is, what are you resting your weight on? Has anyone ever sat on one of them chairs that isn't quite prepared for you? Yeah, and you get that little feeling as you go back and then you think, no, it's all right. Sometimes it isn't all right. But that feeling that you get when you sit on one of those chairs. I remember Paul when he had a pair of those glasses that sort of change to sunglasses. What are they called? Sunglasses to normal glasses. Do you know what I mean? No, not them, not varifocals. You might need them, though. Them ones that be... Them ones, yeah. Paul had a pair of them. He's never had any since. And he was outside the church building one Sunday morning. And they reacted to the light, as they do, sunglasses. He came in, and it was quite dark in here. And he went to sit down next to Ray, and there was no chair. And it's that feeling that you get that actually there is nothing that I am resting my weight on at this moment in time. And it makes you nervous. It makes you nervous to sit down again. It makes you nervous. Am I getting that chair again? But sometimes, you know, it's not just a chair that we rest a weight on. You'll feel a bit nervous in your seat. Just give it a little. It's all right. They'd taken the chair out for the wheelchair. Yeah. And you thought there was a chair there, though, didn't you, though, Paul? Even so doesn't really make much odds you still thought there was a chair there love we've got bob over that it's not always a chair that you rest your weight on sometimes you rest your weight on a person and suddenly they're no longer there to hold you sometimes you know you rest your weight on your finances or your business or your relationships or your family and sometimes those things fall out from underneath you and it can be really difficult Sometimes you put your trust in how you step in. When I used to walk the girls to school when they were at primary school, we used to walk down what I called the path of doom. Because when it was frosty, it was a slope and it didn't matter what you had on your feet, you were going to slip and slide down that path. Fortunately, there was grass at the side, so we would often step to the side, but it's not always something you rest your weight on. Sometimes the floor underneath you just doesn't seem to want to hold you. What are you resting your weight on. The dictionary definition of foundation is the following. It's the lowest load-bearing level, typically below the ground level. The Latin is to lay a base for. Another definition is underlying basis or principle with what you believe. Or for the ladies and maybe the gents among us, make up coverage and it stops the rest of your makeup falling off your face. I bit myself. But it works. If you put a good foundation in, it provides stability, it reduces stress, and it gives to play a place to build and to grow from. It brings consistency. So this morning, if you're unstable, if you're feeling stressed, if you're building and growing isn't working in your life, if you feel like you're inconsistent, then you've got to ask what you're putting your weight on. And it doesn't mean that your whole foundation of your life is falling apart, 
but maybe there are certain areas where you need to look at the foundation and what you're building on to help you feel stable, to help reduce your stress and to help give you a place to build from. So what foundations do we lay? I believe these are a few foundations that we can lay in our lives so that we think can perhaps help. We lay foundations of security and finance. We lay foundations of knowledge and getting wisdom so we understand things and we, know, we, we, we understand what's happening so we feel better. I know how to do something so I feel better. I've already been to that place before so I know how to find it. I've already met that person so I don't feel nervous about meeting them again. We lay foundations of influence and power. If we feel like we have influence and power in certain areas, then it helps us to feel secure. It helps us to have less stress. We lay foundations of relationships in our lives. And these are all things that we build on. These are all things that we put in place and we think, if I've got a good relationship in my life, then the rest of my life will fall into place and I can build on it. If I've got influence in my life, then the rest of my life will fall into place and I can build on it. If I've got knowledge about all these different things and experience in my life, then I can build on it and everything will be all right. Let's be honest, it often isn't. So that leads me to the question then, are these real, true, solid foundations that we tend to grasp on and hold on and try and create in our lives, are they really that lower, lower, lower depth that it talked about in the definition of a foundation that we can build on? I don't think they are. I think it's surface stuff. Try and build our lives on things that are surface stuff, on extra things, on relationships, on our finances, on business, on our job, on having influence, on doing things, on what we do. They're not foundational things that you can build on. They shift and they change with time and with people. They shift and they change as life goes on. It's a lie that if those things are okay, that everything else will fall into place and be okay. It's a lie. And yet we tell it to ourselves every day. You know, we often try and build on those extra things rather than build on the basics. And I believe that's where we go wrong. So if you'll journey with me this morning, hopefully we can dig a little bit deeper and we can find what that base layer is that is solid foundation to build our lives on. So I've got another question for you this morning. What foundation did Jesus lay? And I want to read to you from Matthew 16, verses 16 to 19 in the NLT. And it says, then he, Jesus, asked them, and he's talking to his disciples, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. Everybody say rock. We're coming back to that. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So you think of the worst things in the world. You think of the worst things that you've been through. You think of the worst things that you've seen happen to other people. You think of the worst thing that you've seen on the, on the news. All those powers of hell and death and destruction will not conquer it. 
And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. You know, these verses from the Bible, there's a lot of talk about it and what it means. And what did he mean when he said to Peter, you know, upon this rock I will build my church. Does it mean Peter the man because he calls him Peter? Because his name was Simon before. So he calls him Peter, which means rock. So is it actual the man? Is it the man that's the foundation? Is it the actual revelation that he had that Jesus was the Messiah? Is it that revelation that is the foundation? And you can read a multitude of things on which one it is and you can take your pick. I don't think it really matters. Because if it's the man, the man is dead. If it's the revelation, the revelation has come. We know it, we've heard it, that Jesus is the Messiah. And for some of us, it may be a new thing, but it is out there. I don't think either of those things are particularly important, though they do have importance. And if you've got a thing about them, then that's fine. But I think what is actually more important is this. My Father in heaven has revealed this to you. The Father in heaven has revealed it to Peter. Now, whether that's important because it's Peter the man, or whether it's important because it's the revelation, but it's the fact that the Father in heaven has revealed it to him. He's listening to the one that brings life. God in heaven brings life. In and through Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, he brings life. And that's the key this morning. Are we listening to the voice of God? Are we allowing it to breathe new life in and through us from our very foundations to the depth of who we are? The life God breathed into Peter was Jesus himself. It was who Jesus was himself. You know, Peter probably didn't fully understand it at the time because he went on to then deny Jesus. So he obviously hadn't quite grasped it to the depths of himself. But the revelation had come, it had come to the man, but it wasn't necessarily those things. It was Jesus Christ himself, and it was the fact that God had breathed it to him. Jesus' life and death and resurrection was the revelation for the church to be built on. It's the revelation for our lives to be built on. Jesus' life and death and resurrection, I believe, is the only thing that you can build your life upon and it will be a solid foundation for you. It's the only thing that you can stand on in the storm and you don't get knocked. It's the only thing that holds you up when everything falls down around you and there's one thing left and it is Jesus Christ, his life and his death and his resurrection. And that same life can come to the very depths of us, to the core of who we are, to the very depths. Jesus laid the foundation of his life down for us. And we can choose to... What foundation did Jesus lay? He lay his very life himself and all the powers of hell will not conquer it so if we rest our life upon him upon him as a foundation then we will not be conquered today look for that rock look for Jesus Christ when everything comes against you when everything falls apart when everything is shaken then Jesus is that rock that you can build your foundation upon 
So we have to ask ourselves then, well, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus in my life? Who is Jesus in my circumstances? Who is Jesus in my relationships? Is he even in there? Or does he just sit on a Sunday morning when I come? Does he just sit when I listen to my worship songs in the car when I'm driving to work? Does he just sit when I read my Bible in the morning and then I just jump off and go somewhere else for the rest of the day? Who is Jesus in your life? We have to ask ourselves that fundamental question because if we don't know the answer to it, if we don't recognise whether we're standing on him or not in our lives, then how do we know where we need to put him in and where we need to invite him in and where we need to shift what we're standing on? Is he someone that we just rub shoulders with for advice? Is he someone that we listen to at times when we feel like it? Is he someone who comes out at Christmas and Easter? I believe that when he's your foundation, then he is your bedrock and your cornerstone in your life. He is your hope, your peace, your healer, your redemption, your restorer, your good shepherd, your light in the darkness, your truth, your compassion and your forgiveness. If you will only stand on him. If you will only recognise, yeah, I stand on him in this, but actually in that area of my life, when it comes to believing for my future, when it comes to believing in finances, when it comes to believing in my health, when it comes to believe that my marriage is going to survive this difficult time that it goes through, when it comes to believing that I can have that child that I've been believing for, when it comes to believing for all of those things that you're believing for, is he actually your foundation in that area of your life? Or are you on sinking sand? It's a hard question to ask. But you've got to take that time and consider. Where is Jesus? Who is he to me? Is he truly my foundation? And if he isn't, that's great say he isn't and ask him to be so often we'll just go oh I'm just a rubbish Christian oh I just can't do this oh I just keep getting it wrong oh and I just keep doing the same thing again and I've done it again oh and I just haven't been for church to 10 weeks this time oh my goodness I can never go back again so I'll just go and find another one so I don't have to face those people and that's just easier isn't it Jesus loves you with an unfathomable love at sometimes. And all he wants you to do is go to him and say, Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, I've got it wrong. Jesus, I haven't invited you into this area of my life to be my foundation and my solid rock. Won't you come in? Won't you heal me? Won't you restore me? Won't you give me a solid ground to stand upon? And you know what? He will come. He will do it. It may take time. It may take someone praying with you. It may take you working through some things. It's not always just boom and then your life changes and it's miraculous and you stand on the rock. Let's be real about it. Life is not always easy. Life is sometimes difficult. Sometimes we're just difficult. Sometimes we're difficult and we think we know best. But you know what? If you keep inviting Jesus in, if you keep asking him to help you, if you keep asking him to change you, if you keep asking him to be your solid rock underneath your feet, then he will be. Journey with him. Allow him in. Allow him to change you. 
1 Corinthians 3 verse 11 in the Good News translation says this, For God has already placed Jesus Christ as the one and only foundation. He's already, he's already the foundation. And no other foundation can be laid. So when you've laid foundations of relationships, when you've laid foundations of security or finances, when you've laid foundations of your job, when you've laid foundations of whatever the heck you're laying your foundations in so that you feel better, so that you feel secure, so that you think I can cope with life and I can carry on, then Jesus has already been laid. And all you need to do is say, I'm just going to lay them things aside. Because actually... There is nothing in them. The hope is in Jesus Christ. The solid foundation is in Jesus Christ. Colin Smith says this. When you settle in your mind and in your heart who Jesus is, so Peter settled in his heart and mind who Jesus is, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. When you settle in your heart and mind, who Jesus says that he is the Lord, the Saviour, the Christ, the Redeemer and the King and that he is all these things because he is the Son of God, then you have laid the foundation of faith on which everything else will rest. You can rest the weight of your life and death and your eternity on him. You can rest the weight of your life no matter what it looks like, of your death and of your eternity on him. So when your foundations relating to your life are wobbling and you can't cope and everything's really difficult and you think, oh, have you seen my life? Have you seen mine? But I'm standing on a solid foundation who is Jesus. When the foundations of your death Let's be honest, it's going to come to us all. And you think, I can't cope with that. I can't think about that. What's going to happen? Oh, what's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen with this? But if your foundations of your death is solid on Jesus, then you know that he is there and he is with you and he will also be with those around you. When you settle the foundations of your eternity, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, those thoughts will get in at some point. Am I really going to go to heaven? Does heaven really exist? Am I just being a bit odd doing this Christian thing and I'm just going to be reincarnated into something? Can I say that on the stage? But we have these thoughts. Maybe you've not settled in your mind. But if we rest rest our foundation on Jesus about what eternity holds, then the Bible tells us and is sure that our eternity is in and through him. Because of him. And all those sinking and scary thoughts begin to fade away because we are on a more solid foundation. So why do we live in life and in death and our thoughts of eternity? Why do we fall apart? Why does the ground fall out beneath us? Why? Why? Colossians 1, 17 says this. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So if in him all things hold together, why are we falling apart? 
Why? Because we need to come into him. We need to be in with him. We need to be on the solid foundation of who he is. You know, and if you're sitting there this morning and think, oh my word, I don't know where I am, but I'm not in Jesus and I'm not on Jesus. Don't take it so hard because you probably are on him and you probably are in him, but there's probably areas of your life where you need more of him and you need him as your strong foundation in those particular areas. So don't fall apart and think, oh, I'm not even a Christian. It's all right. But we need him more and more and more. We need to stand on him more and more and more. We need to be in him more and more and more because he is the only sure foundation and he is the one who will hold us together. And if you're falling apart, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. You know, and we often compartmentalize our lives. And we put things into nice little boxes because that's how we cope. But what happens is we often also put Jesus in a little box because it just looks nice. If you're putting things in boxes, you want to put everything in a box, don't you? Yeah? Because that's just nice. If you're not that way inclined, then you've just got everything everywhere. You're probably doing better than those of us who like little boxes because we put Jesus in a little box. It's like, you stay there, Jesus. But then he's not the foundation for everything else. We're not in him with everything else because he's in his own little box. That's where that goes. That's where that goes. That's where that goes. Jesus, you've gone there. And then everything else is falling apart and I can't quite understand why. (laughs) Jesus wants to be in all things, through all things, under all things, resounding in all things. Jesus wants to mesh your boxes up. If you have no boxes, I have plenty. You can borrow them. (laughs) Paul has none. I think we need to put you in a little box. (laughs) Shut the lid some days. You know, but other reasons, you know, sometimes we don't do access all areas. Have you ever been to a concert, concert, concert and had an access all areas thing, lanyard? And you can go everywhere and anywhere and backstage. Most people have never had one and dream of having one. And very often we don't give God one. God, you're not coming in this area of my life. God, I won't let you in there because it's really messy. This weekend, we have done some early celebrations for Olivia's birthday. And um, her friends came round on the Friday. And at the same time, we thought it'd be a really good idea to decorate and refurnish Grace's bedroom. Yeah. Maybe not so much. So we've got an an extra room downstairs that we call the bottom room that I don't know why, but that's what we call it. So everything that was of mess and just didn't fit anywhere went down there. And I shut the door to it. And I said to Grace and Olivia, do not open that door while people are here. And then people kept going in that room and getting things out and leaving the door open. There was no access all areas to those girls who came to our house. But some of them did look in through the window from outside. It was really messy. There were bags of rubbish in there. There was Ikea boxes in there. There was... I don't even know what else was in there. 
But it was a mess. It was the place you don't want anyone to look in in your house. That you shut the door. And when you tell them the toilet is down there and it's not the one with the door shut. I think everybody actually saw in that room to my horror and despair. And very often our lives are like that. And we don't allow God into the room that he needs to go into the most to tidy it up. Those rooms that you're ashamed of. Those rooms that you're embarrassed by in your life. Those rooms that you think no one is coming in there in your life. Those are the places where God needs to be. Those are the places where Jesus needs to come and lay a solid foundation for you to build on and to begin tidying up. And you know what? It's probably not as bad as you think. It's probably not as messy as you think. And it doesn't take that long to tidy up, but sometimes the sheer thought of it, the sheer thought of someone looking in there, the sheer thought of Jesus seeing in there, I'll tell you something, he can already see in there. He can already see in those places in your life. He already knows that they're going on and he loves you all the same. And all he is asking you to do is to let him in. So often we can be afraid to let go. So often we cut corners with the cost when we lay our foundations. You know, having Jesus as a foundation in your life, it can be costly. Putting foundations in when you build buildings is Is it probably the most expensive part at times? I'm looking at you, Wayne. I have no idea. Can be, can be, so I'll have that. It can be the most expensive part, according to my source on the front row. But we'll cut costs. Because I can't bother go to the prayer meeting, it costs too much. I can't bother reading my Bible every day. Have you seen what's out on Netflix? I can't be bothered to go and spend time with other Christians and join a small group. Because I've got something else on that night. I can't be bothered to sow these things into my life because it costs too much. Jesus, you're costing too much in my life. It does cost to follow Jesus. I'm not going to lie to you. Jesus asks for more. But you know what? He offers far more than what he asks you. And he blesses you far more than what you give. So it is well worth digging those foundations deep it is well worth sowing it in so that what is produced in and through you because of Jesus is so much more fruitful so when you feel like it's just hard work being a Christian it's hard work being a Christian that doesn't just be a Sunday Christian it's hard work doing these things oh it's hard work going to small groups hard work going to 6 30 a.m prayer meeting what idiot thought of that It's hard work, but lay those foundations in deep. It may be costly, but Jesus offers so much more. Charles Stanley says this, There is only one secure foundation, a genuine, deep relationship with Jesus, which will carry you through any and all turmoil. No matter what storms are raging around you, you'll stand firm if you stand on his love. And you know what? All I can do is stand here today and say that he's carried me through. If you hear nothing else of what I'm saying this morning, all I can say to you this morning is that he has carried me through. He's carried me through depression. He's carried me through broken relationships. He's carried me through personal and family sickness. 
He's carried me through abuse. He's carried me through death and through grief. He's carried me through loneliness. He's carried me through betrayal. He's carried me through heartbreak. He's carried me through fear. He's carried me through shame. And he's carried me through my own mistakes. And I could go on. But he has carried me through. And I'm sure you could find at least one thing that he has carried you through. I'm sure you can find one thing you're saying, God, carry me through this. But if nothing else, hear me when I say to you, he's carried me through. And if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow, then he will carry you through too. If you allow him to be your foundation, if you allow him to be the one who holds you together. You know, in King David in the Bible, he knew this. If you read the Psalms, he knew it. Psalm 61 verse 2. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Anyone feeling a bit faint? Yeah? Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. David knew it. He knew when he was faint. He knew when he was in trouble. He had to call to God and go to the rock that he could stand on. That it was a sure foundation that was higher than he was. Psalm 62, 6. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. So when the shaking comes, and it does come, when the difficulties come and they do come, you can stand firm and know you're not going to fall through and you're not going to be knocked off because he is solid ground. So when we're afraid, when we're fearful, when we're stressed, when we're frustrated, when we're angry, when we're self-centered, when we don't know, when we're searching for answers and confused, when we're empty, when we're sad, when we're lonely, when we're depressed, when we've had enough, when we doubt, when we're all of these things, it is always, always, always to the rock. Always to the rock. Always to the rock. Every single time, I'm frustrated to the rock. I'm struggling more to the rock. I'm depressed to the rock. I'm fearful to the rock. I'm stressed to the rock. Dwayne Johnson, Johnson can't go wrong. Thanks for that, Paul. Wherever you are, always to the rock. You know, and sometimes our lives can just feel like we're standing in yogurt, can't they? And we're covered in it as well. Not only are you falling everywhere, but we can be covered in it. Covered in the mess of our own lives. And we'll say, well, you know, that person's all right because they're a man or they're a woman. So they don't get in the yogurt. That person's all right. They've been a Christian longer. They don't get in the yogurt. Do you know what? It's nothing to do with whether you're a man or a woman, with whether you've been a Christian longer or not, with whether whatever, with whether you've had a good upbringing so you're more secure and stable, to whether you've got more education, to whether of what you've been through. Have you seen what happened in my past? Jesus is the rock. And all other ground that is sinking sand 
He wants to pluck you out of it and set you upon the rock. So when you feel like your yogurt has taken over your life, he wants to pull you out, clean you off and put you on the rock. And you know what? You're probably sitting there saying, this is all great. How do you do that? But how? I understand it. I've heard it before, actually. I've read it. I heard it in a podcast. I've heard it in a song. I know I'm supposed to do that, but I just don't know how. Jesus taught us. Luke 22, 39. 246 in the NLT. And this is Jesus just before his death. Where he goes um, to pray. It says, then accompanied by his disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual. He went as usual. That means this wasn't the first time he went there. To the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Do you know that's actually a medical condition for people who are really stressed? At last he stood up again and returned to his disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping, he said to them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Have you noticed he repeats himself? So he says at the beginning, in verse 39, pray that you will not give in to temptation. Then he says at the end, pray so you will not give in to temptation. Jesus was prayerful. You know, he he went to the Mount of Olives as usual. As usual. This was somewhere he went regularly. This was the usual place to go. So, you know, if you like Joey and Monica and Chandler and friends and they're going to Cafe Pig, no, it's the Mount of Olives. That's where the disciples were. You know, Captain Kirk on the Starship Enterprise, no, it's the Mount of Olives. That's where you would usually find them. As usual. That is the place that they go, as usual. That was the usual place they went to pray, because they usually prayed. Jesus was prayerful. Everyone's like, I don't like this, how we do this now. Can you, is there just not a one, two, three? How do we get to the rock? We pray. When we're stressed, when blood's dripping from us because we're that stressed, how do we get to the rock to find the answer so we can go through and keep going? Sorry, but we pray. Jesus says it twice, get up and pray. He tells his disciples twice, get up and pray. When things are repeated in the Bible, you've got to stop and look at it because it means something, it's significant. Get up and pray, he says to them. I spent 10 years working with autistic children. And one of the things that they used to say when you used to go on training was if you're asking them to do a specific task, um, like please put your book on the table, you would ask them once and then if, if they don't do that, to then say, 
So if I said, please put your book on the table and then say, will you put your book on the table? It's really unhelpful for them because I've actually worded it in a different way because it's like, it's like I've given them two different instructions. Does that make sense? So what you'd have to do is repeat it word for word. Please put your book on the table. And it sometimes works. It's more helpful for them to be able to then follow the task that you're giving them because you've said it in exactly the same way. Jesus understands that we aren't really listening that we don't really want to do what he's telling us to do and we'd rather go to sleep. So we see him here say to the disciples in exactly the same way, pray that you will not fall into temptation. And again, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Are we getting it? You know, foundations hold us in difficult circumstances. Foundations held Jesus in that difficult circumstance and they bring us different things when we're in those circumstances but the way to find those things is to pray there's no other way about it and it's hard to pray sometimes I get it and sometimes maybe your prayer is just oh God help God I need you sometimes that's okay and that's enough but when we pray when we allow Jesus in in our difficult circumstances then this is what it brings. It brings courage to move forward. Jesus then had courage to move forward on the mission that he had and to face the opposition that came. It brings peace. It brought peace in difficult circumstances and it allowed Jesus to be a peacemaker. We go on and see Peter cutting someone's ear off. But Jesus came and he was a peacemaker in that circumstance. How many of us are really peacemakers in our circumstances when difficulties come? When all hell breaks loose, how many of us join in with it? My girls play this game called Roblox. I don't really get it. And there's one, one game on it called Natural Disaster and you have to survive the natural disaster. There's like volcanoes and I don't know, all the things that happen that are horrendous things. I don't really know why they play it. Can someone from the youth team please go and help them? But this bit's even worse though, so you might want to go as well because of this. There's one that's there's a deadly virus. So you play this game and you have to avoid the deadly virus and not get it. My children catch the deadly virus and go give it to everybody else. And how often can we be like that? We go around and we're not being peacemakers in our circumstances. We go around and cause more stress and more strain and more difficulties and be more awkward with people. Instead of when we pray and bring Jesus into it, then we bring peace into those circumstances. Then we don't spread deadly viruses around and give it to other people. Jesus was a peacemaker, even in the most difficult of circumstances. Jesus came with sacrificial love. He was willing to give of himself when God directs it and even when it hurts. Because he'd prayed, because the angel had strengthened him, because he'd given him the power to do what he'd been called to do. If the band want to come up and join me. Jesus was able to be forgiven. He was able to let those offences go as he hung on that cross and died. When we pray, it brings courage to face the mission ahead. It brings peace and it allows us to be a peacemaker. It gives us sacrificial love to keep going. 
and it allows us to forgive. Jesus is all of this to us and we can be it to other people too if we only allow him to be our rock and our foundation, if we only invite him in. You know, he built his church on the foundation of his own life and his own resurrection. And I don't know about you, but I want to build my life on that same thing. And Jesus is generous enough. He's generous enough that he is freely given, that we may freely receive, so that we can build our lives on his life, in his death, in his resurrection. And I just want to pray for you this morning. Do you want to just stand to your feet? God, I thank you. I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you that you spoke to Peter's life so that he knew that revelation of Jesus' life and death and ministry, that it changed him, that it allowed him to be built on that solid foundation. I thank you that that foundation is there for us today. I thank you for the hope that we have in you, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, I pray that where we are on sinking sand, that you will meet us where we're at right now and you will be that solid foundation in our lives. I thank you that your life is there for us today. And I pray for each and every person that you would be their solid foundation, that they can raise a hallelujah to you and thank you for all that you do in their lives. Jesus, we want to give you praise this morning for all and who you are. And I pray that as we sing this next song, for those that feel like they're on sinking sand, that you would come and meet them and minister to them. And that by your Holy Spirit, you would bring stability, you would bring courage, you would bring peace, you would bring love, you would bring forgiveness, and you would generously pour into them. God, we lift your name high this morning. King of kings and Lord of lords. In the middle of the storm, in the middle of the difficulty, we want to raise a hallelujah to you because you are good and you are worthy of all our praise. Amen.